Talking Illinois High School Football. If your goals are as high as you talk about, tonight's the night you go out and just take one more step. It's a view from the West. And it starts right now! Welcome into View from the West podcast, the podcast covering Illinois high school football on the western side of the state of Illinois. I'm your host, Greg Armstrong, joined, as always, by Mitch Stormer. Mitch, the Three Rivers Athletic Conference preview is here. I, are you? Do you get excited about this one more than some other ones? Because this is kind of your wheelhouse here. Yeah, I think I think for that reason, I do get more excited for the Three Rivers. Um Certainly that, that could change as my allegiances will be changing conferences. Um, but, you know, with, with any of our previews that we've had this year, there's a lot of intrigue, right? There could be some new players. Um, well, <laughs> uh, literally speaking, there's new players, but different teams that, are, that might be in the mix this year. And I don't think the track's any different. So uh, excited to talk about that tonight and look into what these teams are going to be putting on the field here in just about two weeks. Yeah. So this will be our Three Rivers Athletic Conference preview. Uh, this week, later this week on Thursday, you'll get our Western Big Six conference preview. We'll be joined by the, the score crew, the WQAD, Matt Randazzo, Corey Kuffler, Brian Stocking. We also bring in the editor at Muddy River Sports, Matt Shuckman, to give his insights on Quincy and what he sees in the Western Big Six. So that'll be a great episode. We also, in the archives, go back and you can find our NUIC preview along with eight-man football. The Lincoln Land Conference, we gov- cover that one top to bottom with the new look teams in there and the new forming com- conference that is the Lincoln Land Conference. Mitch, as always, today's episode brought to you by our friends at Breedlove Sporting Goods, Western Illinois' premier sporting goods store for uniforms, apparel, equipment, awards, and online team stores. They provide all the same sporting goods services the big nationwide companies do but with a faster turnaround and with uniform prices that are a fraction of the cost you may be used to. They offer name brands such as Adidas, Under Armour, and Nike, and are extremely responsive with any inquiries. With a primary focus on Western Illinois, Breedlove Sporting Goods is the fastest way to outfit your team. Check them out on Facebook or at breedlovesports.com or contact Cal Breedlove directly Shoot him an email, calbreedlove at gmail.com for more information. Mitch, here we are, jumping right in to the Three Rivers Athletic Conference. We're going to start on what is the Mississippi side of things, at least according to the IHSA. They never really updated East and West. I, we always still go by the Rock and the Mississippi. Yep. We'll start with the Mississippi. We'll start with the Kiwani Boilermakers. First-year head coach Matt Taylor he steps in, replaces Coach Brad Swanson, who's moved on. Last year, a four and five record. So a little bit down from where this Kiwani team had been at their highest of heights, you know, the years before that. But they still return some names that we're familiar with. Um, you know, Brady Clark, a senior quarterback, is a name we've talked about a lot. Running back Alex Duarte, he led the team in rushing, second in points scored last year. Also, Ben Taylor was the second leading receiver in 2022. So they returned some pieces there. The big piece they have coming back is the linemen. They have four linemen returning. Jackson Hawkins, Daniel Boswell, Corbin Powers, and Gian Leo Cadio Gandaria. Did I get that right? It looks Italian to me. Yeah. Uh, we hope we hope so. So if any of our twenty friends can make sure we have that pronunciation correct, Leo Cadio uh, Gandaria, I believe. Yeah, I tried. I tried. We'll go with, yeah, we'll go with that for now. For, with Leo, we'll go with Leo. Leo. So Mitch, what do you see? What do you see here in the Boilermakers? Yeah, I, I think you. I think you said it best, right? They, they've got some key guys coming back at their skill positions. We've been talking about Brady Clark for a long time. Um, certainly, when he first came on the scene, making that. Uh, game-winning field goal against Plano in the, in the playoffs. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, the key of, of this of this Boilermaker team is going to be their line. With four starters coming back, that's that's a really good piece to have for your team going into any season. So, um, you know, Corbin Powers was second team track last year at center. Um, a lot of guys that had good summers that are going to be making a mix too. So they've got good depth at the line too. It's one thing to have good skilled, or I'm sorry, um, starters there, returning starters. It's another thing to make sure that their backups uh, and you have depth there. So it looks like the Boilermakers are going to have that this year and we will give those skilled guys plenty of time, plenty of room 
uh, to make plays. What I look at for this Kiwani team heading into this season, you talk about nine defensive starters returning, six of them being in their top eight tacklers from a year ago. So that's a lot of production on the defensive side of the ball that should really help, you know, some of that experience coming in Corbin Powers, who we named, Draven Peterson, uh, Cruz Paredes. So depth and personnel, similar to offense, you know, they have a lot of returners that can find time on the defensive side of the ball. They hope that equates, you know, to some success this season, pushing yep. back into that playoff mix where they were a few years ago. Yeah, and I, th- I think they can get there. Um, you know, they open up with Sherrard away, and Sherrard's a team that certainly we'll talk about tonight, a team that both of us are a little excited to see. But looking at their schedule, they, they finish off with Aurora Central Catholic. And I, I, I see I see five wins here for the Boilermakers this year. I, I think they will do one better than last year and get into the playoffs uh, once again this year. Yeah, I think that they could as well. Well, you know, talking about the rest of the conference, we'll get into it. But yeah, I think there's a chance that they could rebound this year as well. Let's move into Bureau Valley. So their last year in the Three Rivers before they move into the Lincoln Trail Conference and the Lincoln Land Conference for football. But the Bureau Valley Storm with Coach Matt Pistol, they were one and eight a year ago. So a little bit disappointing, but I think there's some things here. A lot of experience returning, a lot of good, solid players that, you know, good team leader type of guys that could really help turn this thing around. Coach Pistol referenced last year, they played a lot of underclassmen. They have seven returning starters on offense and on defense. So a big key for them, staying healthy, taking advantage of the experience they gained last year, playing smart, physical, fundamentally sound football. They have two four-year starters, which Coach Pistol references invaluable amount of experience. So that's that's a huge starting block for this Storm team. Yeah, I mean, when you you got guys like Connor Scott and John Dybeck, both all-conference last season, on the line, four-year starters, I mean, what more can he ask for, right? Um, so to have, have those two pieces there, and, and like you said, seven returning starters on offense, on defense. From a team last year that, again, went through growing pains, right? They were playing a lot of sophomores. Um, but, but still were in quite a few games. I, looking back at their schedule, you know, their losses, they were they were in it against Villa Grove until late. They uh, they were close with Peru St. Beat, and Peru St. Beat had a heck of a year last year. They hung with Hall at the very last game of the year. So, you know, the team made strides last year uh, despite despite their record. So, um, you know, you've got Bryce Helms coming back. He was a sophomore last year, so that's just another one of those progressions. And certainly a quarterback, that's, that's a very important piece. Um, a guy like Brady Hartz, who ran for 154 yards in week nine against Hall as a freshman. Um, you know, Coach Pistol said it kind of made him look dumb for not playing him earlier. So they've got they've got a lot of talent. Elijah Endress, um, Brock Shane. So I, I really like what Bureau Valley has coming back. They're not going to be one and eight. I, I can tell you that much with with the guys they have on the line, with some of these skilled guys coming back. Um, a lot of those guys playing both ways. I'm I'm really intrigued by Bureau Valley this year. I, I, are they going to compete for the Mississippi? I, I don't think so, but they're not going to be. I don't think they'll be one and eight. Not a, not a chance. So, Mitch, you referenced uh, Brady Hartz as a freshman bursting on the scene late in the year. Maybe uh, Coach Pistol has a chance to redeem himself. Did you mention uh, Blake Foster yet at wide receiver? Tell me about him. Yeah, so Blake Foster is only a freshman. But Coach Pistol said that he made he made repeated plays, play after play this summer at seven on seven, earned himself a spot as a freshman on the varsity roster. Big, athletic, instinctual route runner, pass catcher. They're really excited about that kid. So maybe he has, you know, a chance to redeem himself and get this kid in as a freshman and see what he can do. Yeah. And I mean, you know, we're, we're talking about them this year, certainly. But I mean, just even looking ahead, right, Helms will be back for another year. Hearts will be back for another year. Foster's just getting started. Um, I believe Endress might be coming back, but either way. So again, they, they made maybe their foundation last year. They're going to keep putting those building blocks together this year. And I, I'm really excited for what Grove looks like next year even. But for this year, again, um, I, I like the pieces to what they have scheduled. They're going to open at Erie, which I think is a winnable game for them. They play the bigger schools after that, Monmouth, Roseville, Hall, Kiwani, Mendota. Um, so a tough stretch there in the middle. And then uh, closing out with Newman, Princeton, Aurora, and Morrison. So 
tough schedule, no question about it. But I, I again, I think this is a, a two, three, maybe even a four win Drill Valley team this year. They'll make big strides from what they were like last year, heading into new conference play next year. Yep, absolutely. Well, Mitch, before we wrap up Bureau Valley, I do want to mention Craig Johnson, a longtime assistant coach for Bureau Valley, will be retiring at the end of the season. As Coach Pistol called him, a Bureau Valley lifer. He's only missed 11 total games since Bureau Valley started playing football as a program in 96. So Coach Pistol said he deserves all the attention, respect, and thanks, you know, that a person can get that he's contributed so much to Bureau Valley and to that program. So, you know, congratulations, Coach Johnson, on an amazing career. Hopefully, you know, the storm can send you off with some wins this year and, you know, have some fun along the way. So, Mitch, he was probably – he was patrolling the sidelines when you were uh, when you were a yeah, Morrison he, Mustang. He would have been. He would have been there for Bureau Valley's uh, big years where they – I think they went to three championship games, winning one of them. So, yep. um, yeah, he has seen a lot of success here at Bureau Valley and, and certainly his uh, – <laughs> His sustainment of being there is certainly one to marvel. So congrats to, to Coach Johnson on, boy, what's that math? 26 years? 27? 27 yeah. years? Yeah. Yep. So, yep. yeah, long time. So congrats to, to Coach Johnson. And thanks for uh, Coach Bissell for shouting him out. Yep. Let's move along to the Mendota Trojans. Head coach Keegan Hill had the Trojans at 3-6 and six a year ago. This year's Trojans team will be young. But Coach Hill thinks they're, you know, eager and they want to show what they're capable of. So Coach stressed that offensive efficiency and improvement on defense at all three layers keep building that momentum from a summer that he thinks was, you know, really good. It was high attendance. There was a lot of effort there. So he's really excited about some of the pieces that he has coming back. It's some names that we're familiar with, Mitch. Yeah, for sure. And uh, guys that put up a lot of offense last year, Justin Randolph comes back at quarterback, very efficient passer, 1,500 yards a year ago, 12 touchdowns. Uh, his main target, Braden Freeman, 627 yards receiving four touchdowns there. Um, so, yeah, you get those two skill guys back again. They'll have guys protecting them, Gabriel Vallejo and Joe Stewart there anchoring the lines. Um, you know, looking, looking back to Greg last year, Mendota put up a lot of points. They they were always there offensively every game. They were in double digits every single game that they played. Um, and it was just they, they would play shootouts looking at some scores here. 66 to 45, 49, 35, 35, 34, 30 to 27. So they were right there last year. So if they can again, if they can tighten up that defense just a little bit. The offense should be there. And they'll be looking at once again of uh, knocking on the door for the playoffs. Yeah, I, I like um, generally what Coach Hill has been doing out there with the program. It seems like since he's taken over, there is a buzz. There is a, you know, a momentum or a confidence that's building amongst this program. Players are buying in. Several years back, before Mendota joined the Three Rivers, there was, there was not much hype. There was not much excitement surrounding Mendota football. And that's changed. And so credit to Coach Hill here. I think that... Um, you know, they were a playoff team uh, a, a couple years ago. And so see if they can bounce back this year with some of the pieces that we just referenced. Well, Mitch, speaking of the playoffs, a team that we are very familiar with come playoff time, the Princeton Tigers. Head coach wow. Ryan Pearson once again last year, fantastic season, 11-1, 3A quarterfinalist, lost a heartbreaker to IC Catholic 26-20 in overtime. Just a tough one. They... They went toe-to-toe with IC Catholic. And, man, I remember watching it just just really hurting for those those kids because it was such a talented team in that program that we really were, you know, hoping from our area we'd have a team make a deep run and knock off a program like IC Catholic would have been quite a feather in their cap. But it, it just fell a little short. Tigers' goal for 2023 is simple, though. Win the track for the sixth year in a row and then get over that hump in the playoffs. They lost, like we said, to IC Catholic the last two years in the quarterfinals. So Coach Ryan Pearson is is hoping this season they can contend for a state title. You know, I think you know, every team has the big goals, right? But this Princeton team, it's very possible. I think it's very attainable. It's, yeah, at this rate, it's it's an expectation, right? I mean, they they're 45 and nine over the last five seasons, 27 and three over the last three with 
with a semifinal and two quarterfinal appearances. And, and like you mentioned, five, five conference championships waiting for a six. So th- this is not a team that rebuilds. They just reload. Um, they, they've got a lot of skilled guys that have, that have left. Certainly we, we loved covering Tegan Davis, um, who's now at Iowa, but you want to talk about probably the strongest team that we'll cover all season. It's this Princeton Tiger team right now. Four of their five offensive starting linemen coming back. They've been battle-tested. They've, they've been through those hard games. Um, and, and they're the key to establishing that physical run that Princeton is known for, that dominating run game, controlling the clock, controlling the ball. And when you do that, it just can open up a passing game. So, um, again, I, I look at this Tiger team and knowing what they have to replace, certainly, again, quarterback, a lot of production there. But, boy, I uh, – how, how do you not look at this Princeton Tiger team and think that they won't win it again for the sixth straight year? Yeah, I didn't notice until I started really reading the notes up close here. Defensively, they returned eight starters. That was a great defense a year ago. And to have eight kids coming back on that, that's tough. Yeah, 154 points allowed last year. Um, they had three shutouts. Two, uh, let's see, they had one, two, three games seven points or less, never allowed more than, than 28. So yeah, a, a terrific defense that just brings back all, all these, all these skilled guys, power guys cannot wait to see <laughs> how they lock up teams this year. Cause it's going to be tough to score against them. Yeah. Well, let's read through some of the names here. Noah Laporte, a name we called out a lot last year, wide receiver and tight end. He'll be back. He had 12 touchdowns a year ago. Ace Christensen would back as a junior running back. William Lott will be a junior quarterback. Casey Etheridge will be back as a sophomore running back. Arthur Burden at tight end. You also have Cade Odell on the offensive line, Payne Miller and Jack May on the offensive line as seniors. Bennett Williams, he's an Air Force commit on the defensive line. He's a name we've talked about a lot. Again, Payne Miller on the defensive line, committed to Western Illinois University. Odell also has college offers. And then Ian Morris, as a junior middle linebacker, had 113 total tackles last year as a sophomore. So just a lot of production returning for an already very talented team. Well, and of those names that you just rattled off, Laporte, Jr., Christensen, Jr., Lott, Jr., Etheridge, sophomore, Burden, Jr., Odell, Jr., this team's just going to get better and better. Um, You know, certainly they've got their, their big guys up front, Bennett Williams, Payne Miller seniors, incredible players, but this team is going to be really good this year. And, and again, just looking at uh, their eligibility, <laughs> I talked about Barrow Valley. I can't wait to see what Princeton looks like next year, but for, for right now, um, again, it's going to be the Princeton Tigers that we always talk about a physical team. That's just going to beat you up. It's going to be impossible to score against them. It's going to be impossible to keep up with them. Yeah. It, it seems like, they're the favorite in this Three Rivers Mississippi side heading in. So that yeah. I think you have to pencil them up there as a favorite. And and the biggest question will be quarterback, right? Because yeah. it's you know, I I haven't seen uh William Lott play, but just knowing what Tegan Davis was to this team, it might look a little different, certainly from from a scheme perspective. Um, but I think just if there was one question mark, it's how do they regroup? I'll say regroup instead of rebuild or reload, regroup at quarterback, losing yep. Just such a, a dynamic player like Tegan Davis. It's always going to be a question mark. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Let's move down the list. Spring Valley Hall, the Red Devils. Randy Timon had the Red Devils at 5-5 five and five a year ago. They made the playoffs. They lost to Sacred Heart Griffin in the first round. Tough draw. Yeah, it was. Yeah, absolutely. We talked about it at the time. Tough draw. Mitch, it's, it's pretty, you know, where do you start here? The biggest question mark coming back. How do you replace Mac Rosetich? He accumulated 90% of the Red Devil offense last year. Such a dynamic playmaker. Unbelievable what he did on the field for them. That's a big hole to fill. It'll take a balancing act from a cast of new characters for sure. Yeah, let's talk about Rosetta just for a second. Because we, in the, in the five years that we've been doing this, we've covered a lot of athletes, right? Not just football players, really good athletes. Yes. Uh, we knew that, that Rosetta, what he did on the football field, and we know that he obviously committed to Illinois. We knew that he was originally a baseball commit to Blackhawk. Yes. What I, what I didn't know 
And I, I, I guess I don't know if this is for sure. I know at least he was the second. And I'm only going to assume that he was, he finished his career as the, as the top one. He was at least the second leading scorer in basketball in Hall history. So oh, wow. Yeah. I can only imagine that. Yeah. He, and I don't know when I saw that. I can only imagine he did break that record. But I mean, just what an incredible athlete he was. So fun to cover. But as you mentioned, that's a lot of production that they relied on last year, and rightfully so. But boy, what's their plan B here? Yeah, when you start looking around, Mitch, at some of the names, uh, Gianni Greeny will be a quarterback. They'll also have Joseph Bacador, they expect to be an impact player on the offensive side of the ball. Flipping to the defensive side of the ball, Tristan Redcliffe led the team in tackles a year ago with 81. He's back. Greeny, who he just referenced, is a four-year starter at cornerback. Uh, Bacador is a three-year starter at linebacker. DeAnthony Weatherspoon, two-year starter at corner. So there's some names to watch for, but overall, they're going to have to mature fast. They're going to have to gain some experience quickly. You look around, they'll have at least five sophomores in key roles, you know, being expected to step up this season. He believes his defense will be a strength, though. They do return eight starters on the defensive side of the ball. So four of them are only sophomores, but, you know, they've had that experience. So, they, you know, right. there's some – it's going to be a different look. You know, there's a new – in, in places, a different look in some places, especially on offense. But on defense, they do have some guys back, but they're just still a little young. Yeah, and I think they, they will have a chance to start on a, on a good foot, right? Look at their first three games. You've got Orion, Riverdale, and Bureau Valley. Not going to say they're going to win those games, but they are winnable games for them. So if they're going to get back to that five and four regular season finish for Hall, they've got to start fast because after that, it gets a little bit tougher with Mendota, Kiwani. They play Chillicothe, Rockridge, and Princeton after that. So that's a bit of a gauntlet, the, the final uh say six weeks of the season. So can they get a couple wins there early again, Orion Riverdale, Bureau Valley. So um, again, we'll see what they can do. Excited to see what this, what this whole team looks like post resetage. And uh, yeah, maybe that defense with the amount of players they have coming back uh, a lot of experience at that too. Can that defense keep them in games this year? Uh, we'll wait and see. Yep. Let's move along to the final team we have to cover here. The three rivers, Mississippi side of things. Sterling Newman, the Comets, Mike LeMay, first-year head coach a year ago, comes into his second season, led them to 5-5 five and five last year. They return eight linemen from a year ago, but they also have to replace their top four rushers and top three pass catchers. So they have a lot of pieces to replace on the offensive side of the ball. They need to play great team defense, learning how to be multiple on offense. So, you know, several things they're trying to work on there. What do you see in this Newman team, Mitch, in Mike LeMay's second season? Well, you can see what they're trying to do, right? And, and, and Coach LeMay hits all the right points of any traditional Newman team, right? Play fast, play great on defense, be elite defensively, um, always, always aligned, always disciplined. You know, th those are your traditional Newman characteristics of a great team. So, um, again, talking about maybe – Maybe being a little more versatile and multiple on offense, that could be a new wrinkle to a Newman, uh, a Newman offense. Certainly, they've passed more in the past couple of years than, than they used to. So, um, you know, I'm looking forward to, to seeing what this team can do in, in Coach LeMay's second season. He's got, um, you know, full summer under his belt now. Um, it, it, just trying to implement his his system, um, but you know, there are guys that we we know. Carter Rude's back. Um, Isaiah Williams on offense, I think is a name that we talked about last year. So they do have some key pieces returning here. Yeah. Along with, uh, some other names, Brady Grennan, um, Chris Accardi, Evan Bushman, uh, George Youngerman, Brady Williamson, like you said, rude on defense, Cody, Cody McBride on defense, Daniel Kelly, Ryan Partington, Caleb Donna. So you know, there's some guys there. I think ultimately for this Newman team under head coach Mike LeMay, it's finding some consistency on the offensive side of the ball. I think yeah. last year at times we saw them trying to establish themselves and they'd have flashes of it. And certainly they made the plays when they needed to. They made it to the playoffs. But there were just some, you know, false starts along the way. It just seemed like they weren't able to put up points that we had seen Newman offenses do in the past. And I think that comes with, that, you know, comfort and confidence in what Coach LeMay wants to do. 
with one more year fast forward now, I think they're getting there. They're at that point. Yeah. Think of, one thing I'd like to see Newman improve on um, is that in their losses last year, in every loss that they had, they scored one touchdown. Yeah. So if you're going to play in now their wins were close. Some of their wins were close. So they, they're certainly battle tested a 13 and 12 win over Oregon 20 to 18 over Hall, 30 to 27 over Mendota. So this is, this is a battle tested team, but in, in when a game starts to slip away from them, can they keep up with that? Cause their losses, uh, again, they only scored one time in, in those games. So um, looking at their schedule this year, boy, their first four weeks, Rockridge, Sherrard, Princeton, and then Rock Island. That is a tough stretch the season for Newman. Yeah, I mean, that's that's tough. We talk about how talented Princeton is, you know, and you have to play them at home. And then the following week, you go on the road to a Western Big Six school. So that, you know, and, and that's not to mention after you've played really solid teams like Rockridge and Sherrard, which we'll talk about. So right. that's, yeah, that's a tough four-game stretch for uh, right off the bat. But I, I do think, you know, the more you go down the schedule, there's there's games in there that, you know, they could get them to where they want to be. They could get back to that 5-6 win mark. Yeah, it, it could come down to, to week 8-9, really. You know, if – I hate to say that Newman is going to start 0-4. I think it'll be 1-3 at best. Okay, yep. And then they re- they're really going to have to only win out or, or they can allow themselves one loss there. Um, but those, those last five games of the season, I think are winnable for Newman. Um, can they squeak one? I just don't see how they can, how they can get two wins on those first four weeks, but, uh, crazier things, crazier things have happened. This is going to be a strong Newman team. I have no question about that. It's just the skill of the teams at which they're playing in the front part of their schedule. Yep. Yep. All right, Mitch. Well, that does it for the three rivers, Mississippi conference. I don't think there's much drama here, but. Who you see winning this one? I think the better question is who's going to finish second, right? Yeah. I, I mean, we're, this is this is going to be Princeton's show. It, it's it's really going to be, I, I think, another undefeated conference season for them. Um, I, I don't see how they'll lose at all in the regular season. Um, after that. Even that, that's tough. I, I do think Newman will make a will make a comeback from their first couple of weeks. Yep. I think, boy, Dark Horse. What about what about Mendota? Maybe. My thought, my thought was Kiwani as that potential, yep. that potential second place team in this division. Um, Newman is a team that I would also circle in there, but they'd really have to. I, I think I think I'm going to say Mendota. I think okay. Their, I think their offense was just so good last year, and, and they've got uh, some skill guys coming back. I, I think I'm going to say Mendota. That'll be my my prediction. Is, is Mendota will will finish second here in Mississippi? Okay, good. And actually, we didn't mention it. They have a cross or they have a non conference game against Geneseo. So yeah. they're they're stepping out and challenging themselves, going on the road to uh, you know to Green okay. Machine Country. Okay. There a good prep for when they go to Princeton the following week. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. No kidding. So yeah, they'll have their hands full for a few weeks there, but all right. Well, that will wrap up the talk on the three rivers athletic conference, Mississippi side of things. Before we jump into the rock, let's thank a few of our sponsors. If you're looking for that perfect gift for your high school football player, how about we check out Matthewson's mini helmets. They offer totally custom mini helmets or decals for your school. Find them on Facebook or on Twitter. We are thrilled to introduce this season the Matthewson's Mini Helmets Player of the Week Award. The best performance from our area will receive a custom View from the West Mini Helmet customized to include student-athletes' name and the school that they attend. So it's going to be awesome. I'm so excited to see what this award looks like and get handing them out. Start, Start naming yeah, really excited for this promotion this year. That'll be a lot of fun. Greg, Greg, let's let's circle back to one of the first things you said here. Now, Matheson's mini helmets, certainly the namesake, you can get your mini helmets there. But I think the second part that you said is equally important, right? This is where you can get those decals. This is maybe where you can get your pride stickers, right? Let's let's get some oh, more. Oh yeah. With some pride stickers. We love that. So 
Uh, as you said, check out Matthews' mini helmets for, for everything that they offer, not just mini helmets. They've they got an expansive product line. So, yeah, looking forward to working with them and looking forward to seeing their work. I love Mitch. That's like your endless campaign. More schools need pride stickers. Uh, yeah, it, it, can, <laughs> it can go wrong, but yeah, it, it, when done right, it's perfect. Yeah. Well, yeah, absolutely. Check out Matthewson's mini helmets for decals, those, you know, those pride stickers, the obviously the custom mini helmets. They're on Facebook and on Twitter. Matthewson's mini helmets, great, great product, great team to have on board with us here. We also want to thank Brink Sportswear. They offer totally custom made-to-order football uniforms that allow coaches and athletic directors to take control of their brands. The uniforms are available in sublimated and tackle twill. They offer free digital mock-ups, free shipping on team orders, and free physical samples before you buy so you know exactly what you're going to get and how you're spending your program's money. Uniform sets start at $99 for sublimated, $120 for tackle twill. Find them on Twitter or head to brinksportswear.com. Mitch, we've been seeing some of their stuff on Twitter, man. They... They got some good, some good, clean, crisp uniforms, you know, mm-hmm. and like, like you've, uh, like we pointed out last week, man, I'm seeing some where all the, the stripes are matching. That's all, you know, all in sync. And that's, that's a key for a good Mitch uniform. If all the pipe, the piping is matching. Yeah. Really like I've seen a lot of examples of their, of their tackle twill uniform. So really, really sharp looking stuff that they're, they're pumping out there at Brink. So yeah, for all your uniform needs. Bring sportswear, place to go. Absolutely. All right, Mitch, you ready to jump into the rock side of things here? Let's do it. All right. Erie Prophetstown, the Panthers. First-year head coach Tyler Whitebread takes over. He's been on the sidelines coaching in years past, but takes over as head coach this year for a Panthers team that was 4-5 and five a year ago. The biggest thing Coach Whitebread was looking for in this offseason, leadership. From our seniors last year, he said they did a great job of leading us on and off the field, but this will be the first opportunity for this next crop of seniors to really lead the way, which is exciting. So he said a lot of these guys are really kind of waiting their opportunity to be that leader. So this is their season for that. Important to grow as a team together. He said, you know, it's kind of a challenge in a co-op situation where, you know, they're not all going to school together. So they're coming together but he really made an intentional effort this offseason to create opportunities for everybody, for all those, you know, players to form kind of that brotherhood. So interesting to see how this program develops and uh, under Coach Whitebread now taking over as the head coach. Yeah, so, you know, in this this team, you're going to see a lot of new faces, but where you won't see that is on the offensive line. I think uh, Coach Whitebread thinks that'll be a strength for them. For the most part, the entire group started every game last season together. So. The experience is certainly there. The experience is also on the other side of the ball for the linebacking crew. They can hit. They can run fast. Certainly, that's a great combination you want to have on, on your defense. But when you, when, you have, when you have players like that and units like that, you know, having, uh, having that familiarity with each other, having that continuity, right, having that trust, that can go a long ways. Things like that, uh, you know, can sometimes – overcome skill and not to say that the Panthers are, are not skilled. I don't mean it like that. I just mean when you have units like that, that have played together that are used to one another, um, it really, really can make that defense play and offensive line play really, really well. Yeah. Let's, uh, you know, go through some of the names here, some impact players potentially for Erie Prophetstown, uh, Jeremiah Koshaver at quarterback, Justice Hugh, um, or Haw. You also have Dimitri Larson at running back, Frankie Bershaw at wide receiver, Luke Otten at linebacker, uh, Zeb Wicks at linebacker, Amen Barron at linebacker, and Jack Hockaday at defensive tackle. So some players to watch there. Um, what's interesting to note, Coach Whitebread pointed it out, they have zero returning all-conference players. They had Jace Grunder last year, who is dynamic. Right. But he says that they have zero returning all-conference players. He said that's not something they're afraid to mention, and he doesn't think it defines his returning players. He said that last year, a lot of these guys had the opportunity to gain some experience, maybe make some mistakes, learn from them. So I think that, if anything, maybe this Erie Prophetstown team plays with a little bit of a chip on their shoulder this year. Mm-hmm. You know, They fell one game short of the playoffs. They lost in Week 9 to Morrison. Morrison was in. Erie Prophetstown was out. So. Yep. 
yeah, you know, maybe this team, this Panther team comes in hungry. Yeah. Um, certainly when you, you've had guys that went through a season like that, and again, comes on the very last season and you fall short, you are itching to play the very next day. So uh, we'll see if, if coach Whitebread has these, these Panthers ready to go. I, I certainly think they will be. They're always a tough team and uh, looking forward to their, their matchup next week, uh, two weeks, I should say. Uh, they open up at home against Barrow Valley. That'll that'll be an interesting game between two teams um, that that are are finding that new identity this year. So that that'll be a good one to watch in Week One. Yeah, that's an interesting again one of those kind of X factor type of games, right? Mm-hmm. Like that where that one goes kind of sets a tone a little bit in the beginning. Let's talk about Monmouth Roseville, the Titans. Head coach Jeremy Adolfson was five and five a year ago. Lost in the first round to Stillman Valley. Hung around early in that one, but couldn't knock off Stillman Valley. Anyway, they jump into this year. He says, Adolfson says it's important for them to dominate at the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. Their strength should be their size and strength up front. He said they're, they're trying to find playmakers on both sides of the ball. You know, he says they have several that are very capable, but not a lot of varsity level experience. So they're mm-hmm. trying to find guys to fill in some holes. They only return 198 total yards from scrimmage last season. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they, you know, and they had some playmakers that we talked a lot about last year. So, you know, they got some, I would say, opportunities, right, for players to step in and make a name for themselves in this program. Yeah, I was such a huge fan of this team last year, uh, watching guys like Silas Braun, CJ Johnson, Jerome Jackson. Uh, They they were just a a great team uh, to watch week in and week out. So uh, the the positive here, Greg, you talked about a, a lot of guys who haven't played varsity, but the JV team went eight and one last year. So these are kids who certainly have the ability to develop their, their winners at the level last year. So, um, you know, what, what coach is saying here, I think uh, coach Adelson is saying is that they're looking for the, the right guys that can carry you in those big situations, right? The way that those guys I mentioned have in the past, you go back even a year prior to Derek Chandler, this team has always kind of had those guys you can rely on. So this is a chance for this team to really find that identity, find those guys who are going to take them to the next level. Yeah, um, you know, Coach talked about wanting to control the line of scrimmage. I would think it starts with Jackson Thomas, who Coach described as the most physically talented lineman we've had in five-plus years. So he is very excited about the potential there. Um, Andy Williams, will, or Andy Myers, I'm sorry, will step in at quarterback as a junior. He played on the defensive side of the ball as a sophomore. You have Peyton Thompson, who will be at running back. Tyler Finnecum will be a fullback and a halfback. He was playing mainly fullback as a junior. You have Andrew Way, um, Leo Mahoney as a wide receiver, as a returning starter. A few other linemen, Gavin Bell, Lucas Eiler, Junior Avendano, and Brody Dodd as a outside, uh, as a tackle. So on the defensive side of the ball, Jackson Thomas, who we already referenced, Dame Tebow, raw, but great potential. Um, you also have... Um, Alonzo Pinedo on the defensive side of the ball. It'll be interesting to see, you know, who the playmakers are, if they can find those playmakers, because it sounds like they'll have some line play and they'll have, you know, some kids on defense, but can they find those playmakers on offense? Yeah, and certainly a team of all the names that you mentioned, a lot of juniors in that list. So um, as we talked about, a team that had a really good JV year last year, so stepping into their first year varsity, how well and how quickly can they translate that success from last year? Now to the varsity roster for this Monmouth team, who they're going to have to, they're going to get yeah. that lesson pretty early um, with hosting Princeton in, in week one. So, but after that, right, you get through Princeton and then looking at their schedule the next four weeks, Bureau Valley, Erie, Riverdale, Morrison. So uh, I hate to say it, Titans, take your lumps in the first week against Princeton, but then over those next four weeks, really rebound regroup and get yourself in, in record-wise a position where you can make it back to the playoffs, which I, th- I think that they can, uh, you know, a tough, tough, tough start. Um, that, that kind of middle stretch there, um, winnable games, Rockridge right in the middle, Kiwani, and then you finish with Orion and Sherrard. So I do think that Monmouth can have a good season here. Um, and, and again, looking forward to seeing how those guys respond to one coming into varsity and one, how do they re- re- regroup after that week one potential loss to Princeton? Yep. Yep. I think that um, overall, I think depending on how that goes, yeah, they can certainly be in the mix 
conference title potentially if they if you know if they find the right pieces and the right playmakers. Yep. Mitch, another team that I think could very well be in the mix based on what they have coming back. The Morrison Mustangs head coach, first year head coach Nathan Vandermeid will step in last year, 2022. The Morrison Mustangs five and five. They lost to Ottawa Marquette in the first round. Mitch, did you want to sing the fight song again? Or are you good? <laughs> no, I do not want to. Not at all. All right, well, we'll move, move along from that. But uh, the Morrison Mustangs have a lot of experience coming back. They only graduated four seniors. The team speed is a weapon that we saw, you know, on display last year throughout the year. That led to their success. Obviously, multiple kids running state track for them, returning. Mitch, what was the uh, the quote that you read from, um, you know, from Shaw Media from out yeah. in Sauk Valley? That their speed was going to kill this yeah. year. With- which I, I don't disagree with whatsoever. This is going to be a fast team. This is going to be a really, really fast team. Um, starting with Brady Anderson, he's played last year as a freshman, 660 rushing yards and 10 touchdowns. Uh, and then followed that up with a second place finish in the state finals in the 100 yard dash. So he's back. Chase Newman, who's also on that, that uh, track team, he was an all state honorable mention in football last year. Uh, certainly, first team all conference and defensive back, second team at running back. Comes back 559 receiving yards last year, 327 rushing yards. Carson Strain, who we've been talking about since his sophomore year, he was second team all conference at linebacker, honorable mention at running back. Another one of those almost 600 yards rushing, seven rushing touchdowns. So this is going to be a, a committee right on offense. Colton Bielman, the new quarterback. Uh, Deshaun McQueen's back at receiver, almost 500 yards receiving, five touchdowns. So um, all these guys playing defense. So I'm, I'm really, really excited to see what Morrison does this year um, with, with what they have, certainly with, with Strading and Newman, three-year guys, four-year guys that have been playing for them now. Not going to be a big – offensively and defensively, not going to be a big change with bringing in Nate as coach. Certainly he was offensive coordinator there for a while. So I don't think there's going to be any, any roadblocks there. It should be a pretty smooth transition. So – I expect this team to really get hit the hit the ground running, uh, <laughs> metaphorically speaking. Yeah. Um, tough tough start, Mendota and Princeton, right? And then getting into kind of the middle there, Orion, Erie, Roseville, Sherrard, Rock Ridge in, in week seven before finishing out with probable wins, Riverdale and Girl Valley. So I, I I think they'll be right around that five and four, maybe six and three. So I do think I do expect Morrison to get in the playoffs this year, um, but yeah, I again I, I think that they will have sustained success here with even with a new coach, but with what they have coming back, the speed that they have back, it'll be hard to catch them. Yeah. Yep. Mitch, uh, junior quarterback Colton Bielema is that um, Corey Bielema, former head coach? Is that his son? Look, there's a lot of Bielemas in Morrison. Okay, that's um, true. Well, it's, from the, it's from the just, area, actually, if you start looking at the Illinois head coach, there's Bielema's that were around Prophetstown as well. So, yeah, it's it's hard to say. I don't want to speculate, but um, yeah, new QB. Uh, you you have the good thing for 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 Bielema is that his his new head coach was a standout quarterback, right? So, um, again, that transition is going to be pretty smooth, I think, for the Mustangs yep. this year. <laughs> All right, Mitch, let's move down to the Orion Chargers. Chip Filler. Brought the Chargers to a four and five record a year ago. You know, in the response to us, Coach Filler talked about needing to stay healthy up front. He feels like they have some quality athletes in their skill positions, but heading into the season, they have five varsity linemen. So depth is going to be an issue there. Defensively, he likes what they have, thinks they'll be pretty good. They bring back a lot of good athletes on the defensive side of the ball. On the offensive side of the ball, They'd like to be balanced, increase that explosive play ability. That will come with Kale Filler getting more varsity experience. He started last year as a freshman. Now this year coming in, if Filler can continue to produce, that will go a long way in adding to those explosive plays. Yeah, and a young team all around, right? So Kale Filler, as you mentioned, sophomore, played as a freshman, 1,000 yards passing as a freshman. You don't see that a whole lot, certainly not in the track, but – Looking around him, Aiden Fisher, junior, Jake Brainbridge, junior. He he's coming back from last year. Maddox Arnold, he's only a junior. He was honorable mention all conference. So, Duncan uh, Adamson, junior. So, th- this is this is going to be a young team, right? Um, 
could go through some growing pains, certainly. They do have uh, Nolan Lote. I hope I'm pronouncing your name right. Four-year starter there at center. So they do have some seniors there on the line. Even though their depth is an issue, they do have some experience there. But looking at some of these names that that coach had, had given us, a lot of juniors. So this, this team will be even more experienced next season. So um, looking forward to what the Chargers will put on the field. Um, they open up at home against Hall. They do play Princeton and Rock Ridge back-to-back, but they've got some wins here on the schedule. So if they can keep that line healthy, if they can keep all these skill guys around, uh, quarterback filler around, they're going to be hanging around that that four or five win uh, range again. Yeah, I think like you referenced, I think it's, um, you know, the offensive playmakers will be there and he feels, you know, coach feels pretty good about what he has in some of those skill positions, but it all kind of depends. The question is that line. So I think they're probably working on that as we speak, right? In this, in this two weeks leading up to the first game, a lot of practice going on in that line play. That will go a long way in determining how well they are offensively. Uh, you know, he wants to be physical up front. Obviously, a lot of teams say that this time of year. Defensively, they want to tackle better, be more disciplined than they were a year ago. So hopefully, you know, the easy formula he references, do your job. That's the, be- the best yeah. of your ability, you know, get, get the job done. So that's kind of their mindset heading in. So see what the Orient Chargers can do. They can make that push to get back to the playoffs with this, you know, group that's trying to kind of come together here. So, Mitch, before we jump down the rest of the way, let's take a quick pause to thank our sponsor, the Cupcake Cartel. Beautiful yeah. quest sponsored by the Cupcake Cartel, gourmet cupcakes that are made to order over 40 flavors, including wedding cake, lemon blueberry, strawberry milkshake, snickerdoodle, Oreo, perfect for weddings, birthdays, fundraisers, showers, Mitch, they were actually great for lunch the other day because uh, Dawn yep. was nice enough to uh, get me some cupcakes and my kids and I sat around and had cupcakes for lunch. I'm sorry that you didn't get any, but. Yeah, you made it very clear that I didn't get any. Um, what uh, what flavors did you have there? Uh, so I had strawberry milkshake. Very huh. good. Yeah, very good. Um, huh. And then there was a chocolate with, uh, it was white frosting with chocolate sprinkles on top, so, but a okay. chocolate cupcake um and did you did you did you rip the bottom off and so okay so let's talk about this my daughter did it like just automatically like as soon as she started doing it and i i looked at her i said oh i said you're and she goes yeah it's the best way to eat a cupcake she listens to the show she knows (laughs) and i did i asked i asked the red the expert in dawn who makes the cupcakes and she agreed with you mitch absolutely that is the way to eat a cupcake yeah i don't want to Again, it's not about uh, making uh, or, or destroying a, a piece of art like you would get with the Cupcake Cartel, but it's the way to eat the cupcake the best way and stay clean doing it. Yes. Well, Mitch, Dawn assures me you got to give her a little bit of heads up when you're on your way back to Morrison and there are going to be cupcakes that are waiting for you. Honestly, if they were just sent to me in the mail, I would probably eat them. I mean, <laughs> health codes be gone. I would probably still eat them. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you to the Cupcake Cartel. You can find them on Facebook. We all, as always, thank them for their support. The Quad City's first and only fantasy football show, For Fantasy Sake, has you all covered when it comes to all of your fantasy football needs. The guys come to you live every Sunday morning during the football season from 10 to 1130. They've got the best analysis, rankings, DFS, and gambling advice between The Rock and Mississippi Rivers. So tune in to For Fantasy Sake every Sunday during the football season from 10 to 11.30 a.m. on Facebook and YouTube. Mitch, let's head down the way to the Rock Ridge Rockets. Head coach Sam Graves, 2022, they were 10-2. and two. They lost to Moreau Forsyth in the 2A state quarterfinals. They return a lot. They have a lot of production to replace. Peyton Locke, Jacob Bain, Cameron Bonzak. But they do have some players back that are they're very intriguing. They have some, you know, position players and also um, some line and defensive type of guys that are going to be back as well. So for as much as the big names like Locke and Bonzac and Bain are gone, I think there's names here that are ready to step up. Yeah, well, I'm curious um, because Coach Graves says they're, they're developing a new QB in their system. 
does that mean that Connor Deem is not going to be their quarterback this year? Or does that mean that he will be their quarterback this year, maybe in just a different uh, different way? Because he stepped in last year. Yeah, I think he may be playing quarterback at times, but I've also okay. heard there is there is a freshman that will Ooh. maybe assume the role. So okay. almost similar to what Orion did last year when they went with Kale Filler as a true freshman, you know, as a freshman starting out right away. So and you know whatever they end up doing, certainly um, we we have full faith in in Coach Graves. But and wherever you put Connor Dean, right, it is going to be a win. But you've got Alex Zarlatanis coming back, Jacob Fryermuth, who we've talked about both of those guys the past couple of years. Yeah, Reed Muller, uh, Tanner McKeague, Landon Bull. Shout out Nick Bull, friend of the show. That's right. Uh, terrific basketball player, Landon Bull. Yeah, Caden uh, Hart, uh, Vaughn Free, Landon Wheatley. So you've got a lot of guys coming back from a team that was really, really good last year. A team that was a lot of fun to watch last year. Um, so, so yeah, another team that we talked about with Princeton, not, not always a team that rebuilds. They just reload and then they plug in place. They've got a great system there. And so I, I fully expect the Rockets to be in that sort of um, record range playoff run. I, I fully expect that again this year. Yeah, I do too, uh, with the pieces they have here. What I'm really interested in seeing is if um, if there is a, you know, the freshman quarterback that steps in. I, I mean, you look back at the history, you know, recent history of Rock Ridge, and they've had a line of successful quarterbacks. And that's been, for the most part, when Sam Graves has been here as head coach. So I think there's a track record there where Coach Graves and, you know, his offense has been able to, you know, work, maybe not as, maybe not as freshman. He hasn't always had a freshman come in at quarterback, but if it's, you know, a talented athlete that can step in, you've seen that those type of players have worked in this Rockridge system. So that's intriguing to me. And obviously the intrigue with Connor Dean, right? I mean, he's just labeled, you know, in the preview here as an athlete, where Mm -hmm. can you put him on the field to make sure he's getting the most touches, or even if he's not getting that touch, He's distracting a defense just enough to leave somebody else open, right? Like, I'm interested to see how that plays out. And I just, I'll be honest, like, I just love an athlete with Dean's skill set. Like, I just love the creativity you could do with him, right? Right. You can line him up at quarterback and have him run straight out of the quarterback position. If he needs to pass, you could probably have him, you know, design some passing plays for him. We saw him last year step in at quarterback, but then obviously – the speed out of the running back position or a wide receiver slot type position. There's so much flexibility there. I, I want to see Sam Graves get creative. I want to see him have fun with this and see where he can put him. Yeah. And they certainly put up a lot of points last year. Um, interested to see how their defense looks. Um, certainly that was a key portion of, of their, of their success last year. So a uh, big compliment to their offense. So what will, what will the defense look like? Looking at their schedule, Greg, certainly we have week two scheduled where they play uh, Ridgeview, Lexington, Colfax. That's going to be a great game, probably a a potential playoff implication matchup. I I mean, I think Colfax is normally 1A, but still a great team. But I look at this Rockers schedule, I'm looking at 8-1, and I think. I really think that they have a chance to even run the table here. So um, looking forward to seeing Rockridge here opening up at home against New York. Yeah, that's a game that I kind of have circled as maybe a game I want to go to. That that Rockridge-Newman game to start the season seems like they always end up matching up early in the season, in the regular season. So um, that's one that catches my eye. A few more names to read through on the defensive side of the ball. Jude Finch, uh, Vaughn Friere on the defensive line. Ryan Lower as a linebacker. Obviously, Connor Deem will be a defensive back. Reed Mueller as a defensive back. Landon Bull, we referenced at linebacker. Zarlatanis at linebacker. So. You know, just a lot of a lot of familiar names here. Um, mm-hmm. So, I think that um, they'll they'll be in the mix, like you referenced. And so we'll we'll get to our predictions in a few minutes here. But I think they're a team that we you know would consider to be in the mix. Obviously, you just said your prediction of their record potentially what it could be. So, moving down the way to the Riverdale Rams, head coach Guy Derricks has the Riverdale Rams back on the field this year. They sat out last year with only a fresh soft schedule. They still only have two seniors and seven juniors. So the focus is continually being on improvement and focusing on the things that you can control within yourself within the program. He says they're young, energetic, 
and willing to work and, you know, and work hard and learn and being competitive on a daily basis in practice. So the other whole factor is getting this team to not be kind of starstruck being back on Friday nights, you know, when, you know, they played football, a lot of them played football a year ago, but it's not the same, you know, at a fresh soft level. So being ready to handle, you know, that kind of big feel on a Friday night will be an adjustment right away for Riverdale. Yeah, it's a tough spot for for Coach Derricks, um, but but all the credit in the world to him too, right? This it's 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 a hard decision to make. We, we've seen it happen to a handful of schools that we cover that they have to take a year off to kind of reset and um, to to not only go through that year off, but then to get everyone to buy in to kind of restart the gears a little bit. A lot of credit to, to Coach Derricks and everyone there at Riverdale. So um, you know what I'd like to see. Greg is that I saw earlier this year is that they were doing looked like some sort of scrimmage with uh, with Rock Island Alleman, who we know is not fielding a team this year. So two communities who are going through similar struggles, working together to get better. I'd love to see that. Yep. Yeah, I did notice that as well. That's really cool. So, you know, hopefully this Riverdale program can stay healthy, can continue to gain some momentum and gain some confidence along the way. Right. It's hard to bounce back from this, you know, shutdown for a year. But I think that, you know, it's hard, but if you get the right kids in the right place and I would trust coach Derrick's to do, you know, that he's a great head coach. This is a tough spot to be in, but maybe you've gotten the worst behind you. You know, now you're kind of on the opposite end of it. Hopefully you can bounce back and find a little success or at least find building blocks to continue to build on. Yep. That's right. And, and, you know, one thing, one thing too, and, and, and this goes beyond wins and losses is that their season is, is going to be played in memory of their longtime assistant coach, Myron Kepi. Uh, the coach was, was on the sidelines for 35 years, retired uh, earlier this year in May and then tragically passed away in June. So uh, th- this Ram team will certainly be playing in his honor. Um, and, and we, we wish, wish the best to everyone there in the Riverdale community that goes through a tough loss like that. So, uh, these guys will be ready to go in honor of coach. Yep, absolutely. Well said. Looking at some of their personnel real quick before we move along. Um, Gage Henson will be a running back. Colton Cruz will be at quarterback. Uh, Kane Beckett will also be at running back as well. Zach Bradley on the defensive side of the ball, along with Colton Cruz as a middle linebacker. So a few names to watch there for Riverdale. You know, good luck to the Rams as they bounce back, you know, getting back to a varsity schedule. Mitch, one more team to run down here in the Three Rivers Athletic Conference. Sherrard Tigers. This is an interesting team. Brandon Johnston is leading the Tigers, I believe, now in his third season. Um, one and eight a year ago. But I think this is a program that, you know, we said we really like when they hired Coach Johnston. Thought it was a good hire. I think you're going to start to see some, some of that play out on the field now. I think this program is really building a lot of confidence a lot of momentum and they have, they have a lot of pieces and I think they're ready to take that next step. This is an exciting program. Yeah. Looking at the guys that they have come back, you got a lot of first team, second team, I'll mention all conference players coming back. So, um, you know, they, they, they got hit with the injury bug last year. Right. Um, so that that's going to be a key thing for them this year is can they stay healthy? Um, they'll, they'll be leaning on the experience of a big senior class that that's hungry to turn things around after, after a one and eight year, um, you, you've got guys that, you know, looking at guys, so they return a lot of experience, four to five guys that have started on both sides of the ball for the third straight year. So that's a lot of experience coming back, regardless of what the record was last year. That's a lot of experience coming back. So just some names looking at it. Sophomore Carter Brown, who was first team all conference last year, second team defensive back. Senior Riley Colbreeze was second-team all-conference on the offensive line. Kyler Schmidt, second-team all-conference receiver. Grady Steele, uh, second, this is on defensive side. Uh, Grady Steele was a second-team all-conference D-lineman. And Holland Anderson was, was now mentioned all-conference quarterback. So they've got the pieces that they can make some noise this year. They will not be one and eight. I can tell you that right now. Um, with, with, with the experience that they have, even from that senior class to, to underclassmen that played last year, this is going to be a good group and maybe one of the biggest turnarounds that we see of any team that we cover. Yeah, I love the connection between Holland Anderson back at quarterback, 
Carter Brown back at wide receiver, along with Kyler Schmidt also back at wide receiver. There's just, that's a lot of connection there that could go a long way. And just, you know, the pieces that are around those guys, I think it's just a lot of confidence being built up. They're not looking at last year as one and eight. They're not worried about it. They're looking, it seems like they're fully focused ahead to really turn things around. Yeah, and looking back at last year, like they didn't get blown out a lot. Their unfortunate last two weeks of the season, um, but they were in just about every game that they played in. So you know, um, again, a team that took their lumps last year, I think, can really, really make some noise this year. They open up at home uh, against Kiwani. They got an out of conference game against uh, is it Warren Warrensburg Latham? Is that who that is? Warrensburg Latham. Yeah. I th- Think so they, but I don't know if they played them last year, but I think that's a winnable game. Yeah, I think so too. I do not, I do not believe they played them last year. So okay, you know, no Princeton on the schedule, right? <laughs> Always a plus. Um, they they do play Kiwani and Sterling back to back to kick off the year. Rockridge they're sitting in week four. So, but but again, I I think this team is really going to push five wins. I think that they could go from one and eight to a playoff team if they stay healthy. Everything that they have coming back. I absolutely believe that this team can get the five goals. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what I've been looking at, too. That's kind of the same thing I'm seeing. That week one matchup against Kiwani really catches my eye. I, I mean, the more I read about Kiwani and see the pieces they have, uh, that's that's kind of one of those X-factor games. Kind of yeah. sets the tone early in your season. Two good quarterbacks there in that game. Yeah, yep, for sure, for sure. All right, Mitch, are we ready to uh, make some... Make some predictions here? Yes, I think so. <laughs> you think so. All right. Well, um, who, who goes first? Where, where, where do you want to start here? Three Rivers, Rock, I think, Division. I think, I, think, I think you asked me on the Mississippi side, so right. you, you go ahead and pick this one. That's fair. Um, I think, man, it, it, this is tough because Morrison, I think, could be in the mix. Um, I think depending on... How things fall. There's Orion, depending on a few games in there. And then Sherrard and Rock Ridge. Yep. Uh, those are the teams that really stand out to me. Um, but I think I think it's Rock Ridge at the end of the day for me. I think that's I think that's who wins the conference if I had to make a prediction right now. I am making a prediction right now. I'd I'd say Rock Ridge is the team that stands out to me. Yeah, I, I think so too. Like I said, I, I think they'll go eight and one maybe even go undefeated. Um, I'm really excited to watch, watch the Rockets this year. If I, if I had to guess on a, on a second team, it, I think, like you said, I think it's going to come down to Morrison and Sherrard. Uh, when do they play? They play in week. Is it middle six. of season? Yeah. Six. So I, I think the winner of that game takes second in this division. I, I'll give it, I'll give it to Morrison just with, I think their skill guys are going to be up there with the best in the entire conference from a skill perspective, just so much speed. Um, so I'll, I'll say Morrison gets runner up again. I think they're going to finish around that six and three mark. I think Sherrard's going to be five and four, maybe even six and three. So yeah. this, this will be a really, this will be a really good conference to watch, but in the end, I think Rockridge goes, goes again. Yep. I'm going to, I'm going to put Sherrard in my, in my second slot. I'm going to, okay. I'm going to go with Sherrard finishing, uh, just behind Rock Ridge. But that being said, when you, I mean, you look at Rock Ridge, Sherrard, Orion, Morrison, Monmouth, Roseville, depending on how things shake out talent-wise, Erie Prophetstown, there's a lot of intriguing matchups along the way in there. I mean, I I think there's a lot. I mean, this conference could shuffle out a lot of different ways, you know, any given Friday night, depending on how the results go. So, yeah, they could, they could be looking at, at four teams sitting at five wins at the end of the year for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I think that, yeah, they may go back and forth and you know, one team beats one team and then loses to the other one that, you know, or loses to another one down the road. Yep. So yeah, I think they could go back and forth a lot in this conference that makes for great football makes for a fun conference to follow. So yeah, it sure does. I, exciting. you know, I wish, I wish that that rock Ridge and Princeton were playing again this year. Uh, that would, that would have been fun. Um, you know, one thing we didn't mention when we're talking about Mississippi is, is that matchup that Princeton has with Sterling. That will be yeah. that will be a must see. I don't I don't know. I'm not, I'm going to check it right now because I don't know if I'll be watching uh, Tiger Central live or if I'll be watching Golden Warrior TV for that one. Um, 
cannot wait for that matchup. Yeah, that is in week... That is in Princeton. At the week five in Princeton. In, yep, yep. That's awesome. That should be, yeah, that should be a great football game. So Shout out, shout out Tiger Central Live. Those, really, those are the two best online broadcasts, is Princeton and Sterling. You're so right. Shout out Tiger Central Live. Yep, Matt. Tiger Central Live and Golden Warrior TV both do things really well. So, well, Mitch, that's a good segue into, if you're listening to this, Stay tuned on Thursday. Jump into our Twitter or jump into our uh, Podbean and our uh, podcast feed and find the Western Big Six season preview. As I said at the beginning of the show, we'll be joined by the guys from WQAD along with Matt Shuckman from Down in Quincy. We'll fully cover, preview every team in the Western Big Six, break it all down, talk about the players, the matchups, all of it. So there's a lot of intriguing uh, storylines coming out of the Western Big Six, as always, as well. So um, that one's going to be a great listen. At that point, we're about a week away. Yeah. And so we will be back a week from today. Next Tuesday, Mitch, our regularly scheduled time slot. will break down week one. And like I said, maybe we'll have a little fun and look through some of the, the traditions and the fun things that programs do to kind of make themselves unique. And that some of that, you know, character building and that program building type of yeah. stuff that we learned a lot about through some of the season previews. So we'll, we'll cover some of that, have a little fun with that. But um, Mitch, as of Thursday, the previews will be in the books, 50 some teams all previewed ready yep. to go here. So yeah, it's, it's hard, hard to believe that, that we're, we're right there. Uh, kickoff is, is nearing. I got butterflies. I can only imagine how the players and coaches <laughs> feel. So yeah, looking forward to, to the rest of the previews, looking forward to our, our next Tuesday show where we, we kind of preview week one. And then the following week after that, we'll be talking about game recaps. Hard, hard to believe. So looking forward to it. This is, uh, this is quite exciting. Yeah, I got to start looking through the schedules and seeing where I'm going in week one and kind of start mapping some things out. I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, don't, yeah, don't let Dazzo push you around. it. You know, if, if you want to go to a game, you tell him you're going to the game. That's he, it. That's he usually, <laughs> he usually gives me, uh, you know, pretty much free reign. There's some, some technicalities that go into it but he pretty much lets me pick which is fun which is great good so all right well before we let everybody go let's thank our sponsors here real quick of course breed love sporting goods matthewson's mini helmets brink sportswear and the cupcake cartel we love our sponsors thank them thank you to everyone who listens go back listen to the other conference previews if you haven't already and the western big six will be coming later this week and then next week we get into games We'll, we'll be talking games so Thank you to everyone. We will see you down the road. That'll do it for this week's episode of View from the West. Thank you so much for listening. I encourage you to go out to Apple Podcasts or Podbean and subscribe so you can follow along and downloads will come automatically every week. You can follow along on Twitter at ViewFromWestPod. You can also email me if you're interested in being a sponsor, ViewFromWestPod at gmail.com. Thanks so much. We'll see you next week.